Blog Talk Radio. Welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Voodoo Rootwork Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Clifford Lowe of clifflow.com, Phoenix, Phoenix, New Jersey, and in just a moment we'll be joined by our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood of luckymojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjurman of conjuremanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week we'll be joined by a special guest, Reverend Roy of HealingAmulet.com in Nashville, Tennessee, bringing us today's topic of healing with reflexology. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of voodoo, conjure a root work as divine and prescribed by the greatest spiritual voodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up for Lucky Mojo form at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first let's catch up with our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjure Man. Miss Cat? Hi, thank you, Clifford. And everyone was saying in the chat they can hear me breathing. I ran all the way up uh, to get here on time, and I just about didn't make it. Thanks for uh, doing a nice long intro and allowing me to settle down. I was out in the garden with my grandson Max teaching him how to clip ivy off the paths because pretty as ivy is, it's very destructive in Northern California. It never really dies back. We have nice warm winters and it just keeps going and will kill everything. So that's what I've been doing. I want to give a shout out to my Son-in-law David for doing some carpentry work around the place, and to my daughter Althea for doing some cleanup, and Max for helping me sort my mother's library of books. We've put virtually all of my mother's books into my collection, which has resulted in duplicates, since my mother had many of the same books that I have, and that means that my patrons who subscribe at the higher tier where they get a box of books and fun things, vintage labels, vintage occult goods, whatever it is I can put together for them, they are going to be getting some really cool books in months to come, weeks to come, because um, my mother has some really fancy art books, but I already have copies of them myself. So lots of books going into solution in the world. If you're a patron of mine, and you like gardening, if you like uh, architecture, if you like anthropology and archaeology, um, now's the time to look for those boxes coming your way. This is, these are really wonderful books. So that's what I've been doing. As far as the shop, the Lucky Mojo Company, which is the sponsor of this show, Nagashiva and Ernie and I have been working on updating the website. And, you know, that's an ongoing project. It never ceases. But we found a little nest of snarled electrons, which we're straightening out. And I guess the only other thing is um, been working very, very hard on uh, satisfying my 
patrons desire for weekly web pages. This time I put together a web page which the public won't see for an entire year, but it, it's on a man named Melvin Powers, who was a huge influence on my life. But if you're a patron of mine, you'll know why, because you'll read the article. He was a, a man who was an occultist, hypnotist, and um, also uh, believed in uh, betting systems, gambling luck, and other things, and published many books on the topic. And the other news of the day is that we had our first meeting of the Virtual Hoodoo Heritage Festival 2023, and we decided on a date. The date is June 10th and 11th, Saturday and Sunday, 2023. We'll be having another Virtual Hoodoo Heritage Festival. And I want to thank Papa G and John St. Germain. They put out a video of it immediately. If you haven't seen that little reel, go check it out. And we will be putting out more information on the Virtual Hoodoo Heritage Festival as time rolls along. If you already know about them, you know how good they are. If they're new to you, check out the history of the Hoodoo Heritage Festivals, both live and virtual, by going to hoodooheritagefestival.com. And it will be, this time, via Zoom. And there's going to be a goodie box filled with at least $100 worth of spiritual supplies. So get ready for it. Save your shekels, as Stanley used to say. June 10th and 11th, 2023. That's my news. How are things in your world? <laughs> things are, are great. I'm, ve- I'm very excited to hear um, that the Hoodoo Heritage Festival dates have been settled. It's always a, a fantastic time, and I, hopefully uh, people will keep that on their radar and start to, as you say, sleep up their shekels. Um, I've been incredibly busy. The theme of, of really helping people diagnose specific conditions and really empower them towards changing their life path, if you will. We talked about uh, fate healing in the past, right, F-A-T-E healing. That's really been what I've been doing uh, the past two months, from September through October. Uh, Lots of people really coming in and trying to find out, you know, I've been applying for jobs and I can't seem to land the job. Or I get an interview, but it never goes beyond the interview. And this has been going on for eight months. Why is that happening? Why is it happening? So it's really been trying to dig down and find out, is this a spiritual condition? Is this person crossed? Is this person cursed? Is it just a string of bad luck? Is it a jinx? Is it an astrological condition? What is going on and how can we fixed it. So it's been a lot of uh, what I call hoodoo surgery. So it's different hmm. from going to your general practitioner and with a headache and then getting some, some aspirin, you know, or, <laughs> or you know, um, getting a prescription. Instead, it requires a little bit more in-depth work, first really diagnosing what's happening and then digging down deep into really changing. And so far, things have been good in that regard, seeing results from clients who are finally landing the jobs that they want. But mostly it's been um, a couple job stuff, mostly it's been relationships, people who have struggled. And I think this is partly, and we've talked about this, Kat, I think this is partly the, the effect of the pandemic. When we went into lockdown for a year, really a year, but two years, the pandemic sort of disrupted our social lives. Even if we didn't go into lockdown for two years, in fact, we came out within about a year, there was still a disruption that happened. Whether that disruption was that we lost contact with people. Uh, I've had people talk about how they kind of lost, uh, they've, or they've forgotten how to date 
is something that I've heard kind of repeatedly. <laughs> like I've forgotten how to date, talk to someone on a date. So I think partly it's that, and partly it could be uh, something in their nativities. It could be a cross condition. It could be a variety of different things. But I think part of it is just environmental. And so lots of sort of love issues around that, but also a lot of work stuff. But I do enjoy doing this work because there's a sense of empowerment that comes for the client because they can see, one, the situation is not hopeless. Two, other people are going through it. We're all in this together. And three, there's a way forward. There's a way of fixing. Uh, I think one of the beauties of hoodoo and probably what attracts other spiritual practitioners to hoodoo, which is why we see so many people adopt hoodoo practices, uh, is that hoodoo has this idea that no one is destined to be doomed. No one is meant to live a lovelorn, horrible life with no for their no. There's always a way to ameliorate, a way to make things a little bit better. Maybe you won't become a multimillionaire, but you know what? You can live a financially stable life. There's always a way forward, and I love being able to convey that to clients. So it's been it's been quite nice in that regard. Well, you're a good teacher of positive thinking, and. Um, I admire that in you. One of the things that we do as root workers is life coaching, and you're very good at that. Mm. We also do root work. You're really good at that, too. But life coaching is part of being a healer, a root doctor, a spiritualist, and, um, yeah, giving people the philosophy upon which to hang the -hmm. framework of their lives is very important. I try to do that, too, and I think that some of the best root workers do that, where it's not just here's a spell, but let's talk about your whole life path. We heal the soul and the life. That's right. Well, with that in mind, uh, today we have a guest who's never been live on our show before. So, first of all, I want to welcome Reverend Roy. Welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me here. Yeah. So for those who don't know Reverend Roy, he is in Nashville, Tennessee. <clears throat> he is the husband of Papa G, who's been on our show a bunch of times. And he helps run Aroma G Botanica. And he also runs the a healing center and is a pr- practitioner of many modalities of healing, including Reiki, reflexology, and so forth. He's going to tell us about that in a minute. But also, he has recently become a member of AIR. So um, I'm so glad that you've joined AIR, Reverend Roy, because uh, readers and root workers include people who do all types of hands-on healing and distance healing, as well as uh, spellcasting. And I know you do spellcasting, too. So um, our first question for you, because I'm going to give you a little time here to talk. What is it that you do in your daily practice? How do you relate to clients? Before we get into reflexology, what kind of practice do you have so people can look you up? Uh, So I have mostly a uh, healing practice. Uh, I do um, a Reiki master. I do reflexology. I do a lot of life coaching. Uh, I'm not like a certified life coach, but that goes along with it. Uh, I also do spell casting, but uh, m- most of the most of my clients come for healing work, and, and that's the things that I do the most. I'm getting a lot more clients these days that are asking me for. Um, I've noticed that are asking me for um, talismans, individual talismans, 
you know, I want to do a healing session with you and get a tarot reading and then let's design something specifically for me. So that, that's been a fun addition to what I've been offering here lately. Wow. Yeah, now talismans. Uh, sometime we're going to have you back to talk about talismans because this is a subject near and dear to my heart. And um, and I know you know a lot about talismans, and um, so does Clifford, and so does Conjurement. So we're all a bunch of talisman mm-hmm. freaks around here. Um, so uh, I'd love to have you back on that subject, but we're going to talk today about reflexology. And as usual, I start this off by kind of introducing the topic. So I first heard about reflexology back in the old hippie days. Um, somebody said to me, did you know that there are referred areas of the body where if you touch them, it, it connects to the mind and to the other parts of the body in a way that um, is not mapped you know, on the surface of the skin. You don't see how does this point have an effect on that other point. And I said, I can hardly believe it. It doesn't make any sense. And they then proved it to me by taking um, a point on my hand and said, well, if you have chronic headaches, this place will be sensitive to you. And they just barely touched it. And I went, ah, because I <laughs> do have migraines. And I, you know what point that is, I'm sure. Yeah. And I said, oh, you just did that so hard. You just said it hurt me. And they said, no, I'm going to do it to all these other people in the room. And they're going, oh, that was mild pressure. And I said, I can't believe it. So I tried it on myself, and I was like, oh, my God, this part of my body is telling me something horrible is going on in my headache world. And so I became a, a pretty much an instant convert to reflexology when I met a friend of my mother's who said, here, let me do foot reflexology on you. And if you look at the picture that we posted of the foot, it has all these pieces of the foot, of the sole of the foot, that map out to different parts of the body. There's also hand reflexology, and there's also what's called auricular reflexology, which are parts of the ear that map out to different parts of the body. And um, the first time I had a foot reflexology treatment, the person who did it was a, a woman, older woman. She's dead now. She was very good at uh, massage therapy, and she had learned foot reflexology. And she, she was able to diagnose every part of my body that had a weakness because I'd flinch or feel tender, right? And there were other parts of my body that I required or requested more contact, more contact. And she said, these are parts of your body that can be very easily healed and helped, but these other parts you're going to need to do more work. And she taught me how to do self-foot reflexology. So that was my introduction to it. It sounded crazy, it worked, and I've given up asking the big questions like, is this a pseudoscience? The thing is, it works. And so I'd like you now, start us off with some history of reflexology, where it comes from, how it's used, and just, you know, tell us the story. Okay. So uh, reflexology is actually very old. Uh, We have, uh, you know, uh, paintings depicted of, of people working on the hands and feet uh, in tune. So uh, the oldest painting that we have is from Egypt, dated back to 2300 BC. Um, wow. So we know it's very old and been around a long time. Uh, we also hear stories of some indigenous uh, tribes that do their healing work uh, only and specifically through the feet, because um, the feet represent the entire body, the entire self. Um, 
the the same number of of bones that you find in the feet. Um, the number of bones that are found in the feet represent the same number of bones that are found through the rest of the body. So, and we have more pores in the feet than we have anywhere else in the body. So, it does rep- represent the whole self. Um, in the early, uh, back in the 50s, uh, a Dr. William Fitzgerald, and he's known as the father of reflexology, uh, he advanced the, the Western practice uh, starting in Europe. And he discovered that the pressure, when it was applied to certain points in the body, could relieve pain. Um, it could improve the functions of the organs of the body. And he divided the body into ten zones, um, which is in um, some other healing modalities are called meridians. It's the same zones. And they go from the top of the head all the way down to the toes. So and he actually wrote a book in the 60s called Zone Therapy, and that's what mm. reflexology was called in the Western world for many years was zone therapy. I remember that. Gosh, you take, that, you take me back. You take me back. And it's interesting. I'm just going to put a footnote in here because you said it was more popular in Europe originally. My mother yes. was an immigrant from Germany, and the woman who did the foot reflexology was a German-Jewish Holocaust survivor, and so it definitely came from Europe. Very interesting well, are, that you would say that. There are two schools of reflexology. Uh, there's the European and there's the Asian. They're very mm-hmm. similar. Uh, the European is more clinical, uh, and the Asian is more about the massage. It's, it's a much rougher session. They go a lot deeper usually. So, but, but it still works basically the same way. Um, wow. And then we, we have Eunice Ingham. She was known as the mother of reflexology. She worked with Dr. Fitzgerald, um, and she was a physical therapist. So she took his writings on zone therapy, and she started creating the charts for reflexology and wrote two books, one called The Stories the Feet Can Tell, and she wrote that in 1938, and the other, The Stories that the Feet Have Told in 1951, and she actually established the Mm. National Institute of Reflexology. So this has been building for a while. Yeah. So um, now I have a, um, a question. Do you have access to the uh, chat? Can you post in the chat? I see you're there, Reverend Roy. Yes. Um, could you um, post those names so that they will be in the chat so people will be able to look them up later? Okay. Um, I will do that. Yeah, we, we love to have some information because many people – uh, go through these chat logs afterwards. Okay, great. Um, so um, we have a comment here from uh, Lopezzi Fofezzi. I suppose I've relied on reflexology to put babies to sleep, certain way you stroke their face to calm them. Yes, this is a healing method. And I'm going to say something else about foot reflexology. In hoodoo, in conjure, um, which derives from African folk magic with European add-ons, there is a belief, which I think most of my hoodoo students would know what I talk about when I say poisoning through the feet or blessings through the feet, dressing the shoes, dressing the feet. This is very um, prominent in African-American culture, even in the idea of people wearing sharp shoes, good shoes, uh, clean your shoes. That's, it, it's a whole foot-centered belief that is, has been retained in African-American culture from African magical and religious practices. So 
when you talk about um, foot reflexology, you're actually touching on something, although it comes, you know, kind of in through the side door, <laughs> that does relate to hoodoo, because hoodoo does relate to foot um, magic, foot track magic and foot magic. Yeah. So there's a connection here that should not be overlooked. This, in other words, this is not some just some crazy European person or some crazy Asian person, <laughs> and all black people should ignore it. This actually goes to the black Christian and spiritualist churches, the ceremony of foot washing. All y'all have heard about that. And many people will do um, ritual foot washings. And um, while you're foot washing, you're not just scrubbing someone's feet. You're actually doing massage on the various portions of their feet. So by using these reflexology maps, you can kind of fine-tune your blessings of the feet and foot washing in a um, Christian context. Just saying for those who hear me what I'm saying. <laughs> okay? So the um the other thing that um that i um ah he's posted this stories the feet can tell stepping to better health by Eunice D. ingram thank you and dr william fitzgerald the father of reflexology got it okay um so uh, dr sweet said something also in the chat and i'd like to comment on that foot reflexology works well for me use a hard rubber ball and roll my foot on top of the ball a tennis ball is too soft well i'm going to tell you there are special massage rollers. Do you know what I'm talking about, Reverend Roy? Uh, foot yeah, roller. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All y'all just go to Google and look up wooden foot roller and or foot roller massage tool or whatever you want to. There are many, many of them. I have a pair of them under my desk right now. They're minor from the 1930s because I like vintage Those stuff. Those are fantastic. Yeah, and they have little hexagons. There's ones with balls. Those are more Asian style with balls. But mine have little hexagons, and you just roll your feet over them. It is amazing what touching the reflex points in your feet will do for your overall general well-being. It it is incredible. And um, I'll now pass this back to you, Roy. Give us some more (laughs) wisdom here. And, you know, if you don't want to buy a foot roller, an excellent thing to use is a glass Coke bottle because it has the ridges down the side. Wow. So those work really well on the feet feet as well. Um, And as as a reflexologist, I'm always encouraging people to not wear shoes because they're they're not natural. Those shoes we have now that – you know, and they don't let the, the, the feet sit naturally on the ground like they're supposed to. So, you know, I'm always trying to go without shoes when I'm at home or anywhere that I can not wear shoes. So Yeah, I agree with you on that. I'm barefoot right now, and I've been, you know, barefoot pretty much all my life. If I have to put on shoes, I put on those Chinese Mary Janes, which are just little flaps. They don't do anything to change the shape of your foot. They just protect you from thorns and glass. Um or stepping in cow poop or whatever just your problem is going to be outdoors. But I really do believe that being barefoot also allows you to touch your feet during the day. And I'm a great believer in um, connecting with your body during the course of the day. So take take a moment to massage your hands, massage your forearms, you know, massage your legs, massage your feet. That is important self-connection. Um 
Otherwise, your brain becomes the autocrat that rules the body in an unfriendly way. Always check in with your feet. How are you doing, little feetsies? You know, make sure you understand them and that and what they are. You know, they're bearing all the weight. So exactly. I want to bring, bring Conjurman into this. Um, Conjurman, is there any... You're, you speak for the Middle East, you know, for, for on this show. Um, oh, great. Is there any, and he mentioned ancient <laughs> Egypt. Well, ancient Egypt counts as the Middle East. Do you know of any traditions of foot reflexology or foot massage for spiritual or personal healing in the Middle East? Yeah, I think the idea is, is quite old. It's not exclusive to anyone. The idea that the body itself carries some form of memory of trauma, of pain, of, of difficulties, uh, that the body and spirit and emotions are all deeply intertwined with one another. And there are whole manuals dedicated to uh, various a- aspects of massage. Those are the earliest sort of records of them. We have uh, massage techniques that are associated specifically with both bodily healing, but also emotional healing. So there's a concept known as the hammam. Hammam is a bathhouse which you can go to get your body scrubbed. It's a sort of very rigorous body scrub. It's not a, I don't think Swedish massage is quite rigorous. But it, we have evidence that this is also, to, like people were dealing with things like depression or they were dealing with things like they can't eat uh, or they were dealing with anxiety or they had some sort of emotional problem and they would go to the hammam and the hammam would act as a place of healing. Then from there, we start to see the development of manuals, particularly in the Ottoman world, that involves specific pressure points on the hand and the feet. So for them, ways the two are connected, hands and feet. The idea being that stress and pain are carried in both of those places. And so we have these really cool manuals that show where to push on your hand in order to alleviate things like a stomach pain, uh, or where to push on your feet in order to alleviate places like uh, grief, how to get rid of grief, for example. Uh, and so there is a sort of long tradition of understanding that the body carries in it, or memory of pain, a memory of difficulties, and that by manipulating the body, massaging the body, pressing upon the body at very specific points, that it can alleviate those conditions. And in many ways, it's possible that this idea probably traveled through the Middle East from China and various uh, aspects of acupressure, um, as well as reflexology. So there is probably some transmission that's happening here. But this idea is old. And it doesn't have to always be the feet, though the feet is probably where we carry the most. And it's the place that is often neglected in our, and when we think of, you know, a healing. When we think of healing, we might think of the body, we might even think of the digestion. But we very rarely think immediately, oh, we should handle our feet, we should cleanse the foot, we should reflexology on the foot. Um, but it is you, this idea that, that you can actually enact really effective healing by not just addressing the emotional needs, but addressing the emotional needs while simultaneously addressing some form of physical bodily contact. This reminds me of a form of therapy, and maybe you can speak to this a little bit, that developed in, I think it's the 60s or the 70s, where therapists would actually do, they didn't call it reflexology, but they would massage the feet as you talk to them and work through your problems. And the idea was that you work through your stress and emotional pain while there was also a physical alleviation that was happening on the feet, but that's in many ways linked to reflexology. It's a sort of the way of therapizing the language and, and trying to explain it. But there was this whole fad that really emerged, right? I think it was the 70s, I think, where you would do therapy with reflexology. 
Yes, I and have that, experienced that, makes a lot that of too. Sense. Um, in the arch of the foot, at the top of the arch near the ball of the foot, is actually where the uh, diaphragm is located and in the mm. center of the palms. So that is an excellent place to just massage and rub when you're working because it, it calms people down. It relieves their anxiety, helps them breathe a little deeper. So, you know, that's an excellent thing to do with someone who's having an anxiety attack. Uh, attack. I can see it working well in therapy because it makes mm-hmm. people more comfortable to talk. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, I experienced this as well. And um, the, I, this was in the 70s, early 70s. Um, this was a, a person who was a massage therapist and reflexologist and um, would have you do literally what you said, talk therapy. But what, what he did was he would take and massage like the balls of your feet, you'd be, you know, going through that, and he would say, does this remind you of anything? How do you feel about this? And the strangers, I mean, things would just come pouring out, you know. Um, and he would, he also was very, um, had good eyesight and he would inspect your feet. And he noticed, for instance, a scar on one of my toes. And he, he sort of stroked with, it's just a small little scar, but it was actually a very deep wound. And he said, something happened here. What was it? And all the stories kept on, I, mean, I poured it all out. And then he said, he said, good we've taken care of that and he kind of squeezed and pressed it and i felt fine about it again it was so amazing what things were encoded in my feet and also encoded in my hands because i'm a writer and i type and i use calligraphy and he would say well you know you've got a callus here what does this mean to you and i'd say well it's from holding a pen (laughs) you know and um and and he'd say well how do you feel about that and he feel my other finger didn't have the callus and he said does this finger feel all right um being the one that does the work and then there's feeling of grief oh my gosh i've subjected this finger to constantly holding this pen and it's built up a callus and i thought i can't stop i need it to earn a living and it was so interesting to see my dialogue with that finger then begin rather than blocking off the sensations of the finger and cutting that part of myself off and enslaving it so to speak it was asked to cooperate because it had a special skill and could hold a pen. So it's about, and this talk therapy that uh, Contraman mentioned is really was, and I'm sure there are people who still do it. Is that correct, Roy? There are still people mm-hmm. who do this, right? Um, yes. It was about setting up a dialogue between the captain of the ship, you might call the brain, and those who run the ship, the, the organs and um, joints and and musculature of the body. It's so important to understand that. And on the spiritual side of reflexology, when I'm doing, you know, healing work with someone, uh, you know, I will often watch how they hold their feet and how they hold their hands, like while they're laying on the massage table. And if you have someone that, you know, I've had people that talk about their hands or their fingers hurting all the time, and I notice while they're laying down and should be relaxing, they've got their fingers bent. And so in those situations, we, we have end up having a conversation about what are you holding on to? You know, there's, there's, right. your hands are hurting, your fingers are bent because you're holding on to something you need to let go of, you know. And, you know, that starts a conversation there. Um, and the same thing with the feet. When people talk about, you know, they'll tell me, you know, I've been stumbling, my feet's been hurting, I've seen, you know, some trouble walking and so forth, you know. Then we start a conversation about 
why are you scared to move forward? Your feet carry you forward in life. You know, what what is it that's holding you back? What are you scared of of going, you know, facing tomorrow? So, you know, there's the spiritual side of reflexology as well. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's watching how people hold themselves, how they move themselves. Yeah, this is this is so important. And since the pandemic, um, we have had less opportunity for uh, in-person bodily healing. And this is a something I'd like to ask you about, uh, Reverend Roy. Have you experienced? Um, the inability to meet with people and do the kind of bodily massage you were doing, and if so, which I believe must be true, if so, how are you able to do distance healing um, when you cannot see people? Um, So I closed my practice uh, starting in March of 2020. I was closed for 15 months. I didn't do any in-person um, work um, so yeah that and that was hard uh, not to be mm-hmm. able to do that um, energy work I can do that distantly uh, reflexology really can't do that so much uh, because mm-hmm. there's a there's a the feel factor I have to be able to feel what I'm working on um, but but energy work it, you know it, it's pretty easy to learn uh, there's different ways to do that to, uh, to do that distantly, um, it's not my preference. I like working in person with someone. You know the conversations that happen, and um, I've I've done them. I do them. So we schedule a time and we do it. We've done I've done sessions where we talked on the phone while I was doing this. I did one Zoom session for a healing session, and I just personally did not enjoy that. So I don't I don't offer that. Not Zoom. Uh, it didn't mm-hmm. resonate with me for some reason. But. So so then let me ask another question about reflexology. There are books about it. There are websites about it. There are little charts you can find online. But when you go for training, is there a certification process that one can follow? Or is it all you just do it because you know how? So this varies state to state. Um, in most states, you have to be a licensed massage therapist to do reflexology for hire. Hmm. Uh, there are some states that license reflexology separately, and Tennessee is one of those states. I, I, hmm. I have a reflexology license, but I'm not a massage therapist. Um, hmm. Like in Tennessee, massage that. therapy school is like 750 hours uh, reflexology school is 300 hours. We go through a lot of clinical training to do mm-hmm. this. Uh, some states are not uh, regulating reflexology, uh, but they're all beginning to because um, what the what the fear is out there, if there's no regulation on it at all, it is a uh, open door to trafficking. So. Mm. Hmm. So wow. you, each state is setting their own guidelines right now. There's no, there is a national certification board, but there are no national rules. So. Wow, oh, that's interesting. So it would vary state by state. So those of you who want to become reflexologists and want to do in-person work will have to check with your own state to see what the legal aspects are. 
That's fascinating. I did not know yeah. that, and I don't know what the laws are in my state, for instance. Um, the last time now, I checked, there are four states that are actually putting reflexology under their cosmetology board because they're already wow. working with hands and feet to do pedicures and manicures. Wow. Wow. That's just amazing. So some places consider cosmetology. Wow. <laughs> wow. Um so this is a this is one of those things, you know, when you do something that is, you know, spiritual, um you often run a afoul of the medical licensing board. But here that's a workaround if it is covered as cosmetology. Um, yeah, right. It's like a manicure. Oh, I'm just getting a spiritual manicure. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I would love to see a shop that does um you know, uh, reflexology uh, of the hand and feet and then does manicures and pedicures. Wouldn't that be fun, you know? Oh, that would be really they, cool. They would be cool. They can tell you, oh, you know, I see you with purple nails. and it, <laughs> 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 That's a Here color balance. About every three years it comes up in the Tennessee legislature to do away with the reflexology board and move it all under massage therapy. But oh, really? it, it always it always fails every time they bring it up. So. How interesting! How interesting! I, so, so I have now, a I have a go ahead. Can I have a question here because uh, we have, we're having a little interesting conversation here with Reverend Roy, um, and so I want to I want to follow up before we move on. Can you talk a little bit about because you do reflexology, but you're also doing root work. How the two work together with clients? You said, for example, you close the reflexology, but if a client were to come to you. Uh, with a particular issue, how do you combine reflexology and day and crossing work or candle work? How do these things uh, operate in your work? What can a client expect when they come seeking root work and say reflexology from you? Well, a lot of times I I, I do um, um, foot washes, uh, and I include that a lot of times when I'm meeting with, with someone, uh, mm. and and doing aromatherapy, being an aromatherapist. Uh, you know, that's one of the best ways for the way for the body to absorb aromatherapy is actually through the feet, put your essential oils on your feet. And I've done that with magical oils with people, too, when they're trying to accomplish their goals. Uh, and then you can always have conversations about, you know, actual, um, you know, foot traffic, um, you know, uh, doing the sachets and so forth for people to walk through. So there are actually lots of ways you can incorporate it. That is that is interesting. Is yeah, that, yeah, that's really cool. I didn't know about that the aromatherapy, but that is so neat. Yeah, and this goes back to um, ancient Middle Eastern ideas of perfuming the feet, mm-hmm. and yeah. I, I'm sure you'll you'll recognize that from the Bible on down. I mean, it's everywhere. Yeah. And um, so, yes, perfuming perfuming the feet and perfuming the hands was an ancient Middle Eastern tradition, and. Um, it it also you know you can find those things in North Africa as well. That's that's amazing. That's amazing that you would c- combine them in that way. And of course, um, I was taught foot washing in a spiritualist church tradition. And basically, you would have a you know it was washing with soap. I mean, you use soap and warm water. But prayers were said over the feet. And I was taught that you always examine the feet medically when you do a spiritual foot washing always examine for cracks um, between the toes for 
athlete's foot, for wounds, diabetic wounds that are not healing, um, anything like that, you should be able to uh, talk to the person about the medical aspects as well as the spiritual aspects of the foot washing. And and I do that. I talk, I look at, um, when I do a reflexology session or a foot washing, I look at people's feet and I can tell the patterns of how they walk. Uh, I even look at people's shoes a lot of times and look at the wear on the sole of their shoes and I can see uh, on your your right foot, you know, your, your, under your left toe, it looks like it never hits the ground. Are you having pain there? Is this uncomfortable for you? So, you mm-hmm. know, that can lead you into a lot of, there's a lot of clues, conversations that can happen when you look at the wear on people's feet and on the soles of their shoes. Absolutely. Absolutely, I get that. Now, in looking at those charts of the feet that we posted, and I think that there's a copy of it posted at Blog Talk Radio, and it's certainly in our ads as well. And if you were to go to um, the forum where we're posting about this particular show, right. we have a we have a, a very common, uh, well-known, uh, color-coded foot reflex foot reflexology chart, and there are names of everything, the gallbladder, the kidney, and some of them are obviously shaped, like the kidneys on both feet are shaped like kidneys, right? And they lead to a section that is the bladder. What's interesting about these two feet is they are not bilaterally symmetrical. And the thing that stands out the most is that the heart, which is a pink region, is only shown on the left foot. And because the heart is, generally speaking, on the left side of the body. So um, when you massage the feet, you'll see that there are different points that are, they don't don't match up. You can't say, oh, well, this is always going to be uh, that, you know. Um, I'm going to ask you some questions about these areas. When you do foot reflexology with someone, are you doing it to diagnose trouble, which was what was originally done for me with the headaches, or are you doing it to cure or ameliorate problems? Are you doing it to make people more aware, or probably all three of those things? But tell me how a session goes for you. What are you doing? So when I begin a session and I start at the heel and work toward the toes, uh, I'll do the right foot, heel to toe, the left foot, heel to toe. Um, And sometimes people will come in with specific things they do want to work on. So it is a healing session. Um, I am looking for, when I'm working, I'm looking for different things. I'm looking for uh, sore spots. You know, if you tell me a place is sensitive, I'm looking for packets of crystals. They feel real gritty, uh, which, which just means there's inflammation and blockages in that area of the body. Um, I'm looking for patterns, like I mentioned earlier, earlier on how you wear, uh, move your feet, how you walk. Um, but mostly I'm trying, it's a holistic healing modality, and we're trying to heal the entire body. Uh, and in the reflexology world, you hear the word homeostasis a lot, which is returning the body to its natural state. Uh, it's the belief that the body was designed to heal itself. So as we stimulate every part of the body, the body can start healing itself again. So we're clearing out congestion. We're uh, clearing out disease. We're clearing out illnesses. We're clearing out stagnant energy and letting the body take over and heal itself. 
All right. Now, let's say you were doing a massage of somebody, and that area of that left foot that's marked heart, um, okay. can you can you verbally identify that? Because I'm looking at a picture, but how would you verbally identify that for someone on on the radio? <laughs> so the heart itself is going to be uh, below the toes, and I start working on that area. You you have a big toe and four four little toes, and it's going to I start working there between. Uh, uh, three and four, and the number three and four toe, and that's going to be an area about the size of a quarter, usually when you're working on someone's foot. Um, that whole area right there is lung and chest uh, with a heart separate just a little bit over to the outer side of the foot. Um, the heart is going to control the whole circulatory system, so that's the reason we always want to work on that. Um mm-hmm. One of the problems we see with most people, uh, just about everyone I work on, is the adrenals and the liver. Uh, there will be mm-hmm. congestion there always. There will be a little bit of soreness there always, and that just comes down to stress and the American diet every time. So now if I'm reading this chart right, the adrenals, um, are, which are on top of the kidneys in your whole body in the foot yes. they are on top of the center of the arch the center of the arch uh is the kidneys and then above them and sort of tending a little bit toward the center of the body is where the adrenals are correct right and you said there was another point you said that in the body or in the foot was often needed help what was that area the liver the liver. The, the okay. liver is where we clean out toxins, and you know we we live in a toxic environment, toxic foods, toxic air, toxic water. So I always okay. spend a lot of time working on the liver. So the liver, again, looking at these these uh, zones, is what we call them, um, would be from the where the arch begins to come down to the ball of the foot, but it's still in the archish area, but it's it's outer. <coughs> Part, not the center part, which is the uh, stomach area, but it's the outer part, and that's the liver. Just as the way the stomach and the liver are near each other in the in the full body uh, picture. And in some parts, so when you, you will say see you the find... liver in the middle. What? In some parts, yeah. you will see the liver opposite of this, where it crosses both feet. Okay, I get that. All right. Um, so, so, but the liver is at the at the top end of the arch under the ball, right? Right. I'm feeling my, my liver right now. Okay. Um, so, mm-hmm. when you say that you see problems there, does this mean that the person who you're massaging there would experience a tenderness, or would they say, "Oh, do that some more; it feels good"? What it, What are their reaction going to be? They would experience a tenderness. Uh, one of the first things I tell people is if I hit a point and it hurts, let me know so I can back off. You know, I don't want anyone in pain. But but they will experience a tenderness. And, and usually they feel the tenderness. I will feel um, it'll feel rough, like there's little crystals under the skin. Yes. In fact, the word that was used back in the 70s was crunchy. It feels crunchy. Crunchy, yes. Mm, crunchy. I've heard that. I've heard that even recently. Yeah, yeah. And when you um, hit a spot that's crunchy, you just keep working on it till it goes away. Right. Got it. I get that. 
Um, now, reflexology, as we start off by saying, is really, it's a kind of a holographic view of the body. Any exactly. little piece of it replicates the entirety of it, right? So right. Um, the, there's also hand reflexology, and there are charts for the hand reflexology. And, um, and of course, then you can work with the whole body. And the funny thing is, if you were to work with the whole body if, in, in massage, it will modify what happens to the feet because now the feet will have had been worked on through the um, the other end of the microscope, as it were, right? And this right. is a wonderful thing about it. Someone may come and complain about foot pain, and um, but you do a full-body massage, and all of a sudden their feet don't hurt anymore because you actually worked on the larger view of it. So this gets to certain concepts about what we might call um, cosmic connectivity. And one reason that I find reflexology so important in connection to hoodoo is what we were saying earlier. Um, There is a tradition in hoodoo of attention to the feet, spiritual attention to the feet, that um, good things come through the feet, bad things are left through the feet. One of the things I was taught, for instance, in bathing for any kind of uh, cleansing work is you start you know, from the top down, and when you get to the feet, you work from the heel to the toe. And Correct. that's what, what you just said with reflexology. But that's not because those, those hoodoo root doctors were into reflexology. It's just that this goes back. This is ancient knowledge, and it goes back all through the Middle East, Asia, everywhere. Um, people have observed this. So um, to cleanse the feet spiritually, you would start at the heel and work toward the toe. And I was even taught to um, work toward the toes and then sort of brush the toes. You know, you put your thumb on top mm. and your fingers underneath and pull just gently to get the last of the water off. You know what I'm saying, Correct. Roy? Does that yes. make sense? Yes, um, it does. <laughs> and uh, and actually even start at the ball of the foot and just whoops, up the toes, up the toes, up the toes. I'm doing it right now with my own bare foot. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, that, and that way you are ridding the body of curses. You are ridding the body of um, any kind of uh, crossed conditions, blocked roads. This is all done by starting a bath at the top and ending with the feet, with attention to the feet. So to me, it's um, it, it's a holistic practice to include reflexology into one's spiritual uh, way of working. Now, the fact that this is a zone thing, and there's all these little fussy details and all these little colors, and it'll make you go crazy thinking, well, what 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 am I looking at here? You want to start looking at the chart of the feet, and you'll see that it is um, connected. So um, it starts here with the lower back, which really is where the end of the spine is, right? And then it proceeds up through the internal organs, and it ends up with the teeth and the brain, toes. So um, you don't need to memorize every little fussy detail other than to know that definitely the heart is on the left foot. But other than that, you, if you want to work with reflexology, sure, you can, you can do it self-foot reflexology, and you can just start by 
connecting, look at one of these pictures and try to memorize it a little bit, but what you really want to understand is the work proceeds from heel to toe. Am I am I saying that correctly, Roy? That's correct. We work up so, when we we do the reflexology session. Yeah. Now, and, how and, long? Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. That was going to say how long is the reflexology uh, session? We try speak? to go all the way up uh, because when you put in the zone, you got to add the zone factor into this too. So each foot is divided, you know, divided into five zones. So if we were looking at, say, look at that, that left foot, if you're having a problem in zone one, the big toe, then you're going to have problems in your body all the way down to down to the uh, heel. So if it's a problem, you got a problem with, you know, the pituitary gland, there's also going to be a problem with the stomach, and there's going to be a problem with the pancreas. You can't have just one area that's affected right. in your body. Everything in that zone will be affected. Right. I get that. I get that. So um, how long does a reflexology session usually take? So I offer two types of sessions, um, uh, an hour session to do the whole feet and the hands. And Mm -hmm. then if you have a specific illness you want to work on, say someone's, you know, whatever, they're having um, liver problems, um, then I offer a package of six sessions that are only 15 minutes long, and we will spend 15 minutes working on that specific diagnosis they've received. Hmm. Okay. Do that over like six weeks. That's really good to know. So this is what people can expect if they would come to you, but this is probably general more or less throughout the country, right? That's how most reflexologists do it, yes. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Now, um, is reflexology expensive? Um, it varies by market. Uh, it's not really expensive in Tennessee. Uh, I charge like uh, I think I have to look at my website. I think it's sixty-five for an hour session. Um, that that okay. that's on the nominal end in Tennessee. So. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty affordable okay. if, you can, if you think about it in comparison to like massage rates at a spa. It is, but I think yes. the the combination of reflexology, but say with with actual root worker who's diagnosing your problems and who's also might prescribe root work is a pretty powerful combination. Yeah, and now if if you do this work. Um, and you are going to use maybe some spiritual oils. And another uh, Shiva in the chat mentioned five-finger grass um, for the hands, five-finger grass oil. We use that all the time to do hand massage with five-finger grass oil. He's absolutely right. Um, but if you're going to do this, would you send people home with an oil to do it at home, or would they only come back to you? Uh, I normally send them home with some oils. Uh, I send them home with, if we find specific issues, I show them where those were on their feet or hands so that they can work on it at home. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you, you prescribe specific oils. Yes. Okay. And specific is, essential oils as well. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. So um, this is really interesting, and I'm going to ask you, because as and I, you're going to hear me ask you here in public, we have a big website called AIR, the Association of Independent Researchers and Root Workers, and we're trying to develop a new section of the website dealing with 
um, physical healing modalities. Uh, we're not trying to pretend to be doctors without a license. We're talking about things like um, kinesthesiology and hypnotism and uh, reflexology. So here is your invitation, Roy, to write a nice a page on this and then be able to list it as being offered by you and by anyone else. There may be other people in air who do it but have never listed themselves for it because there's no page that they can be listed from. So consider this your invitation to please write us a beautiful page on reflexology. And I hope you say yes. Oh, yes, I, I do want to do that. And I was actually recently going through some of my old notes where I where I went to school to pull out as part of this history today and things like that. So I've been putting some information together to help with that. All right. That's wonderful because um, air is really more than just get your tarot cards read and a candle. Okay. Really, there's so much at air. And if you all want to check out Reverend Roy, you can find him at readersandrootworkers.org. And coming soon, I hope, a wonderful page on reflexology of the foot, the hand, and everything else. And uh, the use of um, essential oils in reflexology. Just a nice overview and then we will list which members of AIR actually um, you know, belong to that category. And that's uh, going to be good for the whole group and for our clientele as well. Well, I'm really grateful that you came on the show and, and talk, taught us about this because it's an area that many people don't know and, and don't know that they can get help. If you can't get a reflexologist in Tennessee because it's too far away from you, look up <laughs> around where you live. There may be someone near you. Um, if you're like me, it'll seem strange going in, but once you've had it done, you'll be converted. You'll go, oh, my gosh, this totally makes sense. And that's all I can say. It worked for me, right? If it worked for me, and I'm a, a, a pretty heavy skeptic on uh, the woo-woo end of things, I'm telling you, folks, it works, Okay. <laughs> It really works. (laughs) So be sure to give reflexology a try. Thank you very much for um, being our guest. Um, A cool topic. Such a cool topic. We're going to be doing readings now. We're not going to be able to do reflexology readings, but uh, we're going to do some reading for a client. Okay? So there's our music, and uh, Clifford is going to bring us our client. All right, support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org, and by Hoodoo Psychics, the first psychic line, run entirely by Hoodoo practitioners. Receive a reading with a trusted root worker instantly. Call one 888 hoodoo or visit hoodoopsychics.com. And by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and talk to today's client. Our caller is Nat, calling from area code 702. Nat, are you there? Hi. Yes, I am. Nat Hello. wrote, I have been attacked. Very good. Uh, Nat wrote that I have been attacked. I haven't been able to get a job in over 10 years despite numerous interviews. I was attacked public, sorry, attacked psychically and almost died in 2021 and can't keep money and cannot live 
uh, in one place in peace. Uh, terrible. Um, turning over you, Miss Cat. All right. Well, Nat, I'm going to ask um, a couple of questions. Um, okay. What sign of the zodiac are you? Capricorn. Capricorn. Well, you may have heard, if you listen to this show, that Capricorns have been having a very hard time of it lately, but it's beginning to wear off. It wasn't a 10-year cycle, but at least a a pretty long cycle of um, difficulty as some negative planets transited Capricorn. So all the Capricorns are wringing their hands and crying, and you're not the only one. But 10 years says that this started earlier, and you say it started as a psychic attack. So I'm going to ask um, another question. Have you been trying to get and keep a job during this time? Have you been applying for jobs for 10 years? I've applied. I um, have thousands of applications. And, um, yeah. And I've been on many interviews. All right. So how do you uh, make income? How are you living at this time? Well, off my savings, my 401k, and I do some day trading. You do some what? I didn't hear that word. Day trading? Stock market. Oh, day trading. Okay. So you're able to live by day trading and other uh, non corporate, non-employed forms of work. Okay, because I was worried, are you starving? You know, a person comes to me and says, I haven't had a job in 10 years. I worry about them. Okay. Uh, well, um, if I don't find something soon, I'll be starving. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. Well, I'm going to turn this over to Conjurman for the reading, and then Roy will do another okay. reading, and then I'll come back and do some root work advice. So, Conjurman, take this away. Yeah, sure. Happy to do so. I do have a couple of clarifying questions first. You said uh, this has been going on for 10 years. Is that what you said? It's been going on for 10 years, the job um, situation. And um, there's other things that have happened within that 10 years. But it seems as if that no matter what I do, I even got my MBA in those 10 years. And no matter what I've done, it just seems like I just cannot find a way. Okay, and um, and how old are you roughly? Uh, forty eight. Sorry. I'm I'm sorry. Say that again. I I didn't hear you. Oh, uh, forty nine. Forty nine. Okay. So the reason I ask about this is because ten years is a sort of it's a number that jumps out at me. Uh, if you were affected by some type of curse or some type of affliction or something that that's mm-hmm. designed to to really mess you up. Uh, it, it may be tied to a cycle. It may be tied to something in your life that is a cycle. There are the cycles of Jupiter, what happen, which go around 12 years ago, and there's sort of big, massive shifts whenever Jupiter in 12 years kind of goes through its return. So you might want to see if there's some type of affliction that's been happened, if it's tied to some type of cycle. At some point, I would encourage you to get some type of nativity reading, probably or natal reading, probably once you've landed the job. Uh, once we've gotten you in a better financial position, you might want to do like a deeper diagnosis at some point, simply because 10 years is a long time. Uh, yes, 10 is. years is a particularly long time for any type of curse or any type of cross condition. And I tell this to clients all the time, is that while curses happen, they're far less than people fear 
and far more frequently than you realize. So there's a sort of balance there. Not everyone is cursed. But those that are last long periods of time, something like 10 years, something else is going on in addition to the curse. It's been tied to something. Mm-hmm. It's not just somebody lighting some black candles and, and saying some bad words about you. It's got to be tied to something cyclical, something enduring. It might involve the burying of something and the involvement of some type of spirit. So there is something else that you want to, to connect with here. Uh, I have pulled cards, and we're going to see what this situation is going to look like going forward. Um, the first card we have is the Wheel of Fortune. This really confirms what I was saying earlier. There is a cyclical component to this. This is not just um, one thing that happened 10 years ago. There's something tied to the ebb and flow of your life. It isn't all downhill. I mean, the fact that you've managed to endure and you've got savings and you do day trading and you've got an MBA during that time period indicates that there are highs here. Not perfect or not exactly what you're looking for, but there's a there's something here that's moving in a cycle. And that recognizing that pattern, recognizing that motion, recognizing that movement, recognizing how things uh, operate in your life, how they're tied in your life, um, whether it's astrological or it's lunar or whatever it is, is going to be crucial for you getting out of this. Uh, in order to really free yourself, you're going to have to identify some component of this ebb and flow, some component of this tide. It is it is going to be the key to uh, moving forward. The next card that we have here is the Five of Swords. And the Five of Swords speaks to your circumstances. It shows us an individual who is standing in the foreground. He has a sword over his shoulder, two swords over his shoulder, one that he is holding in his other hand, and two more cast on the ground. And he's looking gleefully, quite triumphantly, at the people that have been disarmed and defeated, a man and a woman who are off in the distance. The woman is crying, and the sky is storm-torn. This is the chaos of the moment. You are a person who has come to the end of their wits, a person who has tried and fought, but a person who has been uh, disempowered. There's an element here of not just sort of keeping you from, from achieving financial success or achieving some type of job, but there's a very clear indication that you were meant to feel powerless. The Five of Swords mm. is a powerless card. It's a person who has fought and struggled, but now feels they can do no more, that they can go no further. They no longer have the power to affect the change in their life. It is a stripping away of sovereignty. It is the stripping away of power. And so part of the work that is going to be required here is finding a talisman, some type of physical object, some type of talisman uh, to reintroduce that sort of power object that will help you feel empowered once more, that will restore to you that which has been depleted, that which has been stripped away. So you're going to have to draw upon an outside source here. This is not about feeling positive or feeling happy. Those things are good. You need something that will actually fill that vacuum, that will fill what has been stripped away. So some type of object of power that will help you to feel powerful. The final card that we have is the High Priestess. And the High Priestess shows us a powerful woman who is sitting up on a throne. She has a headdress upon her head. She's wearing She's got a crescent at her feet, and she's sitting before the Temple of Solomon, between the temples of the Boaz and Joachim, and behind her is the veil of the underworld, signified by pomegranates. This is a woman who is deeply intuitive and powerful, and a woman who is 
multicultural, who draws from multiple religions, who draws from multiple spiritual paths, and is able to leverage that in intuition, in willpower, and in divination. This is someone you should be working with. You need to find a female mentor who is powerful and wise and who knows the path that you wish to walk and who can be a guide for you. It will probably be more than one uh, mentor here, one who is likely a spiritual leader and one who will likely help you find a job. So the key to your success is going to be connecting with a spiritual mentor who can help you through the process of uncrossing and removing and eliminating the force that has been disrupting your life, a person who has some knowledge of the cycles of life. There's the connection of the moon here, so someone who can identify how this situation has been cyclically tied to you and how to remove that component, but also an, another mentor who will help you during, during with your financial path. So look for two older women or two women who are experienced in this path that will help you going forward. That's what I see here. I'm going to turn this over to Reverend Roy, and then Miss Kat will give you some more, you. more uh, recommendations. Okay. Uh, so, Nat, uh, you said 10 years ago, and that would have put you around... 39 when this started? Yeah, so what Correct. happened is, yeah, about 39. So it initially happened 10 years ago to do with a job, and then within that time, I got into an accident. The person I got, it's a dwelling accident, so the landlord is being harassing. So it's like a, a long process, and he's made it known that, you know, he does a lot of black evil black magic stuff so um, that is where the spiritual um, the psychic attack came from okay so that just and more info so if we and Con- conjure man hit on cycles of life and and I also deal with with cycles uh, a different way that he does so when we hit that 39 40 mark that's mm-hmm. the time in our lives when we are supposed to be um, beginning to realize our own values and move away. It's the time when we start throwing away duality that we've been raised with and opening ourselves up to a broader picture and so forth. So, you know, that 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 is a bad time for things like that to happen in your life because that is when you're supposed to be, you start building your own uh, personal spiritual power is around that time of life. Um, and looking at the cards I just pulled here for you, um, the Four of Cups. And, and that Four of Cups is often about, you know, a, a time in your life when you're bored, uh, discontent, um, not happy with the way things are going. And that is right in line with that that time of life that all this started. So, you know, I would have to ask you, at at that time when all this started for you, were you on a journey to start doing something new spiritually or make a difference in your life and this set you back? Okay. Yes, it set Um, me back a lot. Okay. And and why do you feel like you couldn't move forward with that after this? Because I get a feeling here you were about to embark on a really big change in your life. Um, it's just the, the process. I felt stuck. And it seemed like no matter what avenue or what street or whatever direction, I decided to, I, I looked down or proceeded to travel, it, there was a block. 
I turn, I go down the other um, way. It's blocked. And it seems, you know, it's just not in the work process. It's like peace of mind. This, whatever it is, is affecting every part of my life. It's affecting work, you know, money, wealth, love, even the home. It's like even the home, wherever I am, it's always disrupted where I have to pick up and leave again and go try to find somewhere else. And then I'm there and then it's disrupted again and it's go on, you know. And it's, okay. it's not disrupted, disrupted, like it's not coming from me, you know, the disruption. It's okay. like I also something ha- just ha- happened. And I also have here the uh, harassment card. And you said you did go back to school after this happened, right? Yes. Okay. And and when did you finish that? How long is that? Twenty thirty. Are you still going? Um, no, I, I completed my MBA in um, December 2020. 2020, so like two years ago? Yeah, and still have not been, has not been, um, has not increased my luck. Okay. Or my chances, and, yeah. And I use the Psychic Tarot deck, and it works the same as a regular tarot, but we have the addition of the chakra cards in there. And... The third card I pulled for you is that throat chakra, which is just right in line with this cycle of life where all this happens. Um, that throat chakra, is, is, it's about truth, and it's about learning to communicate in new ways, but mostly it's about opening yourself up to new possibilities and new way of doing things. It's about letting go of programming and seeing yourself in a new light and seeing the world in a new light. And and I would have to ask you, you know, honestly, do you feel like because of what you went through, did you get stuck in a cycle and you have some fear of coming out of that? That you're no, holding I, I on have, to a very old I, way. I'm, no, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, last year, I got really, really ill. Like I said, I almost died. And for some reason, I cannot, although... I'm trying to, I've been trying to recuperate. I, I'm, it's like I'm suffering from something else. It's almost like I lost myself, my bravery, my bravery, my, my strength. I feel like, like I'm constantly suffering with anxiety. Um, ma'am, it's, uh, um, Nat, Nat, yes. I have to break in here, Nat, and okay. Roy. We have a time segment, and I won't be able to give the root work if the um, complaints and the di- and the diagnosis go on forever. I'm already. I only have um, a couple of minutes. So, Roy, could you okay. please wrap this up? Thank you. Okay, so, so my advice at this point would, would be to open yourself up to the change. Your life changed, and I feel like you're really holding on to something, and you, it's time for you to find your personal power again. You've lost that. Got it. Okay. okay. I'm going to try to do some real quick root work advice here. I think the, the, we're way past the point of road opener work because the roads have been closed. I would like you to do some blockbuster work. I want you to take, and I'm going to speak really fast here. I think most <laughs> contraman knows what I'm going to say, and so does Nagashiva. Just write it down as I go. I want you to start with an orange candle at the center. It can be any kind of an orange candle, small, medium, large, or vigil light. I want you to put four candles at the four 
uh, like a cross, and I want you to name each candle for a different part of your life. I want a blue candle for your health. I want a white candle for your spirituality. I want a yellow candle for your success, and I want a green candle for your money. If you don't think health is a problem, you'd rather have love, you're going to put a red one. Whatever one you're going to do, you're going to pick four of these colors. You're going to bless and dress them for those four qualities of life that you have chosen, money, luck, love, health, whatever it's going to be. You can look up the colors and how they relate to candles at the Lucky Mojo website at candlemagic.html, luckymojo.com forward slash candlemagic.html. When you've dressed those four candles and you put the one in the center, which is orange for change, you're going to get blockbuster incense powder and you're going to light it on some charcoal. You're going to also use some of the blockbuster herb mix and you're going to pour just a little bit of it in each of these candles and you're going to light these candles starting them very close to your central candle and move them out. And as you move them outward, you're going to put down layers of this uh, herbs, the, the blockbuster herbs, to make open roads. You can then gather those herbs together. When the candles have moved far away from the the central candle and have burned down, you're going to gather those herbs up and you're going to burn them also on the charcoal with the incense, blockbuster incense and the blockbuster herbs. I want you to smoke your whole house with this. You can um, use a little pan or with a handle on it and just take that herbal smoke all around your house. This is to open your roads. I want you to think about what you want out of each of these paths that you've opened as you do it. And if you want to, you can put some uh, charm, some image of a saint, some uh, lucky charm of whatever it represents, money, like a little money bag charm, or a horseshoe for luck, or whatever it might be, a heart for for love. And I want you to have four charms at the ends of these where these four candles are. And when you're all done, you're going to put those four charms and the rest of the blockbuster herbs together in a little bag, and that will be your um, mojo bag. And I want you to have that mojo bag, carry it, and wear it. If you don't like carrying and wearing a mojo bag, you can put it in your bedroom, um, just anywhere where it will be close to you when you sleep. And that is to um, get rid of the blockages. You should wear blockbuster oil. Oh, you should dress those candles for blockbuster oil, too. You should wear um, blockbuster oil on your uh, palms of your hands, and on the soles of your feet, and because you have been blocked. Your major problem is blockage. You should bathe um, regularly with some Blockbuster bath crystals, and you can also add Van Van oil or Van Van bath crystals. Van Van changes your look from bad to good. You have to make some progress. You have to put your soul and heart that change is possible and that you're going to be doing these things for change. I think that when Conjurman said that there would be a female um, high priestess or something of that nature Mm -hmm. in your life, you will need a female life coach. And I'm going to recommend one to you. I'm going to recommend Mama Virgie. She is a life coach. She is a member of AIR, and she works with people who are getting through long-time difficulty, and she's very patient, and she will help you. And if anyone could be a high priestess in your life, Mama Virgie could be. And there's the music. (laughs) Okay, I made it. (laughs) That was great. Okay. All right. Now we have our network scheduled announcement. Let's see what happens next. (laughs) 
The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Fridays, 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment from our special guest, Reverend Roy of HealingAmulet.com in Nashville, Tennessee. Take it away, Roy. Okay, so today I want to share with you what I call a revealing spell or uh, a truth spell. And this is used to expose the truth of a person or a situation. Uh, it's not a truth serum. It's not made to, it's not used to make someone actually tell you the truth, but it's used to reveal what is not known to you. It's for those times in your life when you know something is amiss, something is just not right. Uh, something is going on you need to know about, but you don't know what it is. So to do this spell, you're going to need a blue or yellow candle. Uh, And when I do these for people, typically I will do a blue candle if it's about a person or a yellow spell, a yellow candle if it's about a situation. Uh, You're going to uh, anoint that candle with clarity oil. And for herbs, I always use elderflowers, lemongrass, and eucalyptus leaves. Uh, Elderflowers have a reputation for finding truth, Um, and that's always my go-to for those kind of situations. So after you've blessed and dressed your candle, your petition for this, you want to state that you – that you know that you want to know what is truly happening with the situation or what is happening with this person. This isn't going to be a petition to say, I want them to tell me the truth about this. We're talking about big picture here, everything you need to know to move forward with this and fix a situation uh, or fix something with a person. My only caution about doing this spell, because I've seen this happen with other clients, it even happened once with myself, is to be prepared to handle this truth before you handle the spell. Uh, This can really rock your world when you think something's going on with you, and at the end of it, you find out that you have been doing it all to yourself, or you were the cause of this. So you need to be prepared to handle what's going on here. This is one of those spells that I do not keep working on. I do the work on the candle. I release that. I state my position, and I walk away, and I don't look back. And you will usually see an answer within about three days of what's going on in your life. Um, Since today we're talking about reflexology, um, you can add this to foot traffic. You could take these same herbs, grind them up uh, really fine, uh, and use them in a sachet powder, adding the clarity oil to that. You could use the herbs and the clarity oil if you get in a, you know, where someone walks through, if if they're part of that situation, uh, to get them to walk through that. Um, 
I, it's really effective and I love doing foot traffic work if I can actually get, you know, get to someone's feet or get my hands on their shoes, put this, you know, these oils and these herbs in their shoes or on the sole of their shoes to walk through this. Um, so, so there is a foot part to this too. You can do the foot traffic on it, but, um, you know, like I said, th- this is used to expose big situations and to bring you the answers that you need uh, when you have that feeling that you know something is amiss, something is not right, uh, and, and you just need the whole truth before you can fix it. This so, is a great. This is a great spell, and I'm going to say mm-hmm. something about finding the truth. Truth telling. You said something really wise when you said you're going to have to be prepared to listen to that truth. I've had people yeah. come to me and said, I want a truth-telling spell. Is my husband cheating? And I'm like, and what will be the answer? If it's yes or if it's no, what are you going to think? And sometimes they'll say, you know, just don't do the spell. <laughs> right? <laughs> you, you, ever had that? you need to be prepared for the answer. You really Right. <laughs> and, um, yeah. Um, so Signe DC has a, has a question for you. Do we read the answer, the truth, through ceremancy of the candle, or how do we know when the truth is revealed? That's a great question, Sydney. So on this particular spell, I've never read the candle, because uh, you're asking for something to be revealed, and it will be revealed to you. Um, most of the time, um, see, I've done three of these in the last couple of years for clients, and in all three of those situations, a person came forward with the information that was needed, um, an admission or, or or whatever, a conversation happened. So um, th- this is a revealing spell. It's not something you have to read and go looking for. I see. That's that's an important thing. So it uh, a, a source will reveal it. Uh, someone yes. will come forth. That's mm-hmm. really good. Um, this is an interesting um, spell to me because I have a, a similar spell that uses a skull candle to reveal the truth, and I've worked with that one. And again, there are people who really aren't ready for the tr- truth, literally cannot handle the truth. Um, and, you know, uh, and I'm going to give you two examples. I mentioned cheating. This is... Um, always a a large question that people have so when they are told your husband is not cheating the truth comes out the husband is not cheating what are they going to do about that they built a whole um, framework around oh he's cheating and i just need a psychic reader to find it out for me oops go back to square one maybe you just don't want to be married and you're just looking for an excuse right so that's one Mm -hmm. way of dealing with it in that you know getting the truth it wasn't the truth you expected but another one is what if you find out he is cheating now what are you going to do right. you're just going to swallow your pride and stay there or are you going to leave where's the money going to come from who's going to do child support right so hmm. where's the custody going to be what's going to happen to the business you own together so there are people who say i want the answer and i'll give anything for the answer and my advice is use this spell that Reverend Roy has given us, use this spell wisely. Don't just be, I need truth all the time. Because sometimes, especially if you're working for clients, they're not ready to know the truth. They're just ready to complain a little bit, (laughs) if you know what I mean, right? (laughs) I think the uh, use of the lemongrass is really good there because it it helps people prepare for that truth to some extent. 
So what you're talking yeah. about is yes. right. Like some people aren't ready for it. But lemongrass is one of those positive herbs that brings a good, right? That ensures that it clears things away that are not meant for you. <laughs> so I think the use of lemongrass can help you prepare to hear that true. Absolutely. Lemongrass is a friend of change, beneficial change. Exactly. Lemongrass is in Van Van oil. Very, very good ideas. Thank you, Reverend And, and if, you're really not gonna, if you're not going to make a change, there's no need to find out the truth. <laughs> wow. There was, I'm going to repeat that. If you're not going to make a change, there's no reason to find out the truth. What a fantastic philosophical statement that is. All right. Well, I hear our music. So we're going to turn this over to Clifford, and he's going to give us our closing announcements, and then we're going to come back and say goodbye. Thank you, Ms. Cat and Conjurman. Thank you, Reverend Roy of HealingAmulet.com in Nashville, Tennessee, for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest will be Miss Michael of LuthaFoundry.com, Lewis, California, on Confusion Magic. Once again, we've come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Who Do Rootwork Hour brought to you by Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find this chat via Lucky Mojo form at form.luckymojo.com and conjurement.conjurement.com in Mission Video, California. I'm your announcer, Clifford Lowe, joining you from clifflowe.com. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Work Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com slash radioshow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune again once again next week at the same time when you will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. Thank you, Clifford, for being our announcer and keeping your cool as everything is spinning around. (laughs) 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 Thank you, Conjurman, for for being um, the great co-host you are. Thank you, Reverend Roy, for being with us. I want you back again. I want to hear some more stuff from your world in Nashville, Tennessee. And I know that you're going to have a lot to say about the uh, virtual Hoodoo Heritage Festival. Um, because you're, Yeah, you're one of the people who's helping to put the virtual Hoodoo Heritage Festival again together again. So we're going to hear more from you about that, too. All right. Well, I'm going to go right back downstairs and help my daughter, my son-in-law, and my grandson uh, swamp out my garden paths and... Um, and I'm going to praise my son-in-law for his carpentry. And uh, this has been a wonderful show. I don't know if you all could hear the hammering and weirdness going on in the background from me, but that was coming from my end of things. <laughs> and remember, June 10th and 11th, Huda Heritage Festival. We'll be putting out more videos as time goes by. Good night. Good night, all. Good night. Thank you. Bye-bye.